Hello, Disney fans, and welcome to the show. My name is Austin Terrace, and I'm joined here by my two wonderful sisters, Kylie. Hey, everybody. And Emma. Hi, everyone. And also, Moses. Coming up on this episode of Disney Daydream, Disney World eliminates temperature checks and outdoor mask mandates, more details about the Galactic Star Cruiser have been announced, and the Disney College program is returning. Later on, we'll talk about the latest details that have been announced for the Disney Wish. So, take a little break in your busy day, and let's start daydreaming. feels really really good to be back it's been quite a while since we've recorded and i've missed it quite a bit there's really no excuse besides the fact that we're just poor human beings and a lot of activities are trying to pack things in to make up for lost time so emma's had a lot of things going on emma why don't you just mention like what's been going on because you're at a pretty monumental point Yeah, so I had my last day of high school last Thursday. Woo! Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, Get that degree. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The week before, I was in a play um, and had prom, so that was a very busy weekend. First time you've been able to be on stage since COVID, right? Yes. The last time I was in a show was... Newsies in March of 2020, right before the shutdown. So, yeah, and you've been pretty busy yourself, Kylie, haven't you? Yeah, my jobs. The end of the dance season was uh, happening, so we had our last competitions. Dance There's recital. Moses. That's the Moses <laughs> I was referring to. Kylie's very cute puppy. Uh, so yeah, busy yeah. as always. Yep, very very busy. And we're also kind of prepping for our big Disney trip, which unbelievably is is happening in three weeks. So that's literally going to sneak up on us like before we know it. I'm super busy with the recording project over the next three weeks. And then it's going to be like, oh, we're leaving right now. So (laughs) going to be wild. Um, So we're, we're sorry that we missed publishing an episode for you guys. Uh, We don't like doing that, but it was just uh unworkable schedules i want to give a quick reminder please follow us on instagram at dis daydream like our facebook page disney daydream podcast for those of you that have been listening for a long time and you'd like to think about financially supporting the show you can do so at patreon we have a patreon page and the people that donate monthly to the show receive some special perks like merchandise shout outs mini episode access yeah so go ahead and head on over to patreon.com slash disney daydream to check that out and another great way to support the show i feel like we don't talk about this enough is the fact that we do have an online merchandise store and i'm literally pulling it up right now because i just redid this store yesterday we have some really great things that are fun to have, fun to wear, and are also great, you know, it's a great advertisement for the show. And a lot of this money goes to support the podcast. So if you want something like a Disney Daydream coffee mug, you want a Disney Daydream phone case, a face mask, because yeah, if you're heading down to Disney, you're still going to need those indoors. Um, We have stickers, we have regular t-shirts, v-necks, we've got a couple new things as well that I just created. So if you want a stainless steel tumbler, it's a 20 ounce tumbler. It has our Disney daydream logo on the front and it has let's start daydreaming on the back. 
Really cute. You can now order yourself a tumbler, keep your favorite beverage hot or cold, and then, yes, they're back. You know you want one. We have Disney Daydream fanny packs. I am so excited. It's so funny because I was just looking at fanny packs to order one for Disney. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have two. (laughs) I have one that has like, oh my gosh, it's so cute. It it has Mickey on it. It's like, I... I don't know how to describe it, really. I can't think of descriptions. Okay. But then I'll, then I'll have a Disney Daydream one, and I love fanny packs. So Yeah, we're pretty excited about those. And not to mention, like, you can order most of these things in, like, a dozen different colors. So there's going to be a color that you like. The easiest way to access our store is through daydreamtravelagency.com. Just head on over there daydreamtravelagency.com click on the store tab and you can see all of the products that we have and they each have links if you want to click that buy button you can go ahead and order it right so daydreamtravelagency.com that is the sponsor of our show you're experts at planning the perfect disney trip if you're thinking about disney world disneyland adventures by disney disney cruise line we can do that all literally you're not going to pay a penny more than if you were to book your trip on your own. You just have somebody doing that legwork for you, giving you advice, making the reservations, making payments on your behalf, and God forbid you have to call to make a change. I'll be on the phone on hold for hours so you don't have to ruin your afternoon trying to get through to Disney because let me tell you, it's impossible. It so, is. <laughs> so I don't know why you would not use a travel agent, honestly. If you're thinking about planning a Disney trip, we'd love uh, to support you that way. All right, let's head into our news topics for today. Obviously, our last episode came out many weeks ago, so a lot has happened in Disney news since then. A lot's happened from the CDC since then. Like The world has basically... It feels like the world's completely changed over this last month, and Disney has eliminated all temperature checks and outdoor mask mandates in Orlando. Basically, Americans, in terms of vaccination, 40.5% of Americans are fully vaccinated. Over 50% have received at least one dose of the Pfizer-Moderna vaccine, and all of this good news has led to fewer restrictions and rapidly changing guidelines from the CDC. So at this point, about three weeks ago, the CDC came out and said that fully vaccinated people don't need to worry about wearing masks outdoors. And then seemingly, I don't know if you guys remember this, but like only a week later, they came back out and said, Fully vaccinated people don't really need to worry about social distancing or about mask wearing at all indoors or outdoors unless you're in a place like a public school or a hospital or if you're on public transportation. So that was some certainly welcome news for the theme park industry. The mask guidance didn't change immediately, but Disney World decided to eliminate all temperature checks and then they loosened the mask-wearing requirements outdoors, and on pool decks on May 15th. They're still requiring masks indoors at restaurants when you're not actively eating or drinking um, throughout attractions, and then, of course, on all of their transportation. But, you know, things are evolving, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see more loosening of the rules even in just the coming weeks. So we're traveling, like I mentioned, in three weeks, and I'm not going to be surprised if, I mean, the guidelines are different then. So stay tuned. Did you see that Universal is doing no masks for fully vaccinated people at all? Yeah, that was a recent story. So I, I mean, Disney might be might be soon, soon behind that. I'm very glad because I don't handle heat well, and I was just, I was going to make the best of it, but I was really a little bit concerned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I didn't want to like complain or anything because I'm totally fine wearing a mask all day. Like that's fine. But yeah, I also don't handle heat well. We're from Michigan, so I then like, gets really hot. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just kind of tough for us. So I'm glad when we're baking in the 95 degree heat that we can do so without a mask. And yes, we are all fully vaccinated, so that helps as well. 
Uh, here's the thing I'm concerned about a little bit. Is it right after this, Bob Chapek made the announcement that theme park capacity throughout the spring had been at 35%, but that they were immediately increasing park capacity by, and I quote, lower double digits, which makes me think my guess is 15%, and they're trying to get park capacity up to 50%. So we saw more theme park pass reservations open up. Um, not really, not really more dining reservations because they're still limiting things. It was basically full already, but more people were let into the theme parks. And I think that they really want to hit 75% for the 50th anniversary. And I think they'll probably be able to do it because all the projections right now, they're like, oh, we're hitting that. We're hitting that herd immunity 70% by September. So I think that's probably a goal that they might be able to achieve. My only concern is that, you know, with no FastPass Plus, there's still dead radio silence on that. I'm just a little bit a little bit worried about some of the wait times for rides as we get at 50% and as we get potentially higher. Yeah, that, that's definitely a valid concern, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be rough not having fast passes, waiting in those lines. I guess since there aren't really shows happening, we'll have more time to wait in lines, but that's just annoying. We'll just have to um, pay attention and see. And when you're waiting, you know, 20, 30 minutes for everything or 45 minutes for the most e-ticket attractions, it's not a big deal. But if everything starts increasing 15 or 20 minutes um, that can make a big difference in, in your day. So, yeah. All right, Kylie, give us some more details about the Galactic Star Cruiser. Yes, yeah, so Disney has finally given us some more details about um, the Star Wars hotel that will be opening in 2022. Disney announced um, basically just more details about what this experience will entail. So guests will begin their journey at the Galactic Star Cruiser Terminal, and guests will board a launch pod there that will jump into hyperspace and then transport them to the Halcyon Star Cruiser. From the get-go, it's going to be an immersive experience, which is kind of cool because it I was thinking, like, do you just drive up to this place? <laughs> I feel like that would be weird. Yeah, cars but, parked outside. Yeah. 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 Um, so after that, guests will experience a multi-day interactive story that includes the cast members, other guests, and some Star Wars characters. Onboard activities will include learning how to use a lightsaber and facing off against uh, what seems like a training simulator type thing. But um, there was a video on that, and it's a new type of lightsaber right and it looks super realistic well it's unclear if guests will get to use those or if those are just for the onboard characters because they did mention that later down um but it was just referring to the fact that you'll get to see characters like ray using these new lightsabers so i don't know if those will be the ones the guests will get to use um it'd be kind of lame if they didn't get to use them yeah but they just didn't explicitly say that yet guests can also learn how to operate the bridge and they can um eat in the supper club called crown of corellia dining room and uh this uh this dining hall will actually have live performances during dinner one evening so it'll be like a dinner theater type experience um guests will also have an excursion to batu in hollywood studios one day and then um guests will be able to see uh, like we just talked about, those new lightsabers, the guests or the characters will be um, using those in their little skits, I guess, <laughs> interactions on board. Um, and the video looked really cool. It did look, I mean, it wasn't, you know, like the stick that glows wasn't already yeah. up. It like comes out from the thing. Mm hmm from the handle or whatever. Yeah, I yeah. clearly don't know much about Star Wars terminology. <laughs> don't know the exact term for that. Um, every window on the Star Cruiser is going to have views of the galaxy. And as they travel on their excursion, guests will be able to see things such as other planets, other uh, ships, and even potentially some asteroid fields out the window. 
So you'll really feel like you're traveling through space. The crown of Corellia dining room is named after the planet Corellia, known for the shipyards that created the Halcyon and the Millennium Falcon. So they released that tidbit of information as well. Um, and for a limited time, we can see a model of the Galactic Star Cruiser located in Hollywood Studios. So if you're there, you can hop over and look at that, um, see what it will be looking like. And just like a typical cruise, the Star Cruiser will have an itinerary, so it will have a set list of planets to visit. But Disney announced that the ship may take a detour or two as unexpected events occur. So you never know what you'll experience in space. I love the idea of these detours because I feel like if you're really into this, you want an exciting experience. You don't necessarily want to just like get in the star cruiser and lay back in your room and relax. So it's, it's awesome that you're not really going to know what to expect. It reminds me of a like murder mystery dinner, but for two days. And you can't leave. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. like, it sounds like each person on the ship is going to have some type of role in That's the so overarching cool. story. And also, I think it's funny how they released some of these details and, like, these new videos and the, the dining room concept art. And then packed in there, they were like, oh, yeah, and we're delaying the, the start date. Because <laughs> we were all surprised. We were like, really? The fall of this year? They're going to open this place like it just didn't seem realistic and now finally we know no not until next year (laughs) so okay emma give us some details it's just like actually good news stories this week which is fun three exciting news stories so talk to us about the college program okay so if you don't know the disney college program is a program for college students obviously no way (laughs) 18 and older to basically have an internship for the for a semester at Disney World or Disneyland. The program was suspended in March of 2020 along with the parks and it was announced that it's officially going to relaunch this June aka now like tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, Disney is also allowing all students whose program ended early or was suspended to reapply for this year. So even if they've already graduated college, some awesome changes are being made to the college program, including an easier application process. And as of right now, Disney is focusing on reopening the program at Disney World and they will have more to share about the international programs, Disney culinary program, and the Disneyland programs at a later date. Participants of the college program also get to stay in the beautiful new Flamingo Crossings Village, and there are going to be a ton of safety precautions, as well as the opportunity for vaccinated people to live with other vaccinated people. So basically, it's like kind of like a apartment complex meets a resort just for them to live at so that's pretty cool yeah looking at some of the pictures it actually looks nice which is good because some of the previous housing options were just disgusting yeah Yeah. um and then another exciting addition is gender neutral housing options and i'm really happy they're doing this and basically what this new gender inclusive housing allows is for people who are non-binary, gender non-conforming, or any other gender identity to be fully comfortable with their living situation. No one will be put in this housing option unless they select it, and the option is available for every apartment. The gender-neutral housing option is one of the latest updates from Disney's new inclusivity initiative. Cool to see this coming back. And just a lot of things are returning. I don't know about you guys, but to me, it feels like May has been the first month since this since pandemic March of last year yeah. started that <laughs> starts to feel like normal again. Life is kind of, oh, a lot of familiar things are returning to my life now. <laughs> and before this month, it kind of felt like we were still in pandemic mode. And now it feels like we're moving to a 
we're just over the hump. Like we've turned a really significant corner. Did you guys hear about the fireworks rumor? Um, no. No. Apparently somebody updated Disney's like Wikipedia page saying that Happily Ever After would be coming back on like July 21st or something like that. Oh, one month after we're there. I know, but <laughs> Disney was like, no, that's not true. Oh and gosh. but one of the guys that I the one of the vloggers I follow who tends to be pretty accurate in his theories and rumor announcements said he suspects it'll be sooner than July 21st. So again, the only thing I'm pointing out is, well, what about cost? Like they're still maxing out park pass reservations. Like their maximum amount of people are coming. Why are they just going to say, okay, let's spend the money at this point and bring everything back. Like to me, I always thought that it would make the most sense just to put it with the 50th, you know, and to return it October 1st. If it's sooner than that, I'll be thrilled, but I will be a little bit surprised. Yeah, we'll see. So please stay with us. There was an incredible video released by Disney Parks blog covering the newest ship in the Disney Cruise Line fleet, the Disney Wish. We're telling you all about that coming right up. So before we get into the details, do yourself a favor. And if you haven't seen this video announcement, you should just watch it because it is corny and over the top and cringy, but in the best way. And you can find it on Disney Parks blog or on YouTube. What did you guys think about how they produced this thing? It reminds me of the videos that they play like in the Magical Express or like the Uh cruise ship buses. Those like corny about disney videos they even had two singers like sing throughout the announcement yeah which i was all for i was like okay make it make this an event yeah (laughs) yeah it was it was so funny yeah it was just really awful and but (laughs) it was so good the people in it were so committed like 1000 percent committed to their role and i like how they weren't like actors they were actually like people involved in making the ship and like yeah. one of them was a cruise cruise director yeah well the main person is theoretically the cruise director yeah, yeah. i wondered if that was her character yeah, or if I she's actually yeah, gonna be the know. cruise director but then they also had imagineers in there and some then, acted really successfully others <laughs> not as successfully yeah. <laughs> and you know, even the real live fairy godmother was in there. The one thing that I did think was hilarious was that they brought Olaf on screen, like animated yeah. Olaf, but clearly they did not have the budget for Josh Gad to do the voice because he didn't say a single thing. He just walked right. across the screen. <laughs> Straight up just for the little kids watching who wanted to only see and not hear Olaf. <laughs> Captain Minnie Mouse is actually going to be at the helm of the Disney Wish, which will be Disney's self-proclaimed castle on the sea. So this royal design begins right in the Grand Hall. This three-story atrium is inspired by fairy tales, and it features a beautiful wishing star chandelier, a statue of Cinderella, ornamented pillars, and a floral rose-like purple carpet. So gone is the classic Disney Cruise Line interior art deco design, but you certainly still have a sense of real elegance. I am completely in love with this ship overall. Kind of the only point of contention I have, and I hate to start off this way, but it is with the Grand Hall. (laughs) I, I thought maybe the chandelier could be even bigger. I don't know. I was like, maybe the chandelier could be bigger, And I didn't really like the carpet. 
but that could just be me. I just didn't really like the carpet. I don't know. I can't really explain why I don't like it, but I, I saw it and I was like, eh, floral carpet. I don't know. There's just something about carpet that I'm not a huge fan of in the first place. I mean, give yeah. me a real like nice plushy carpet, but that like hotel conference center style oh thin carpet that yeah. I just it's don't just ever rough really and it feels care for. Gross, it. Like, so I don't want to bring anything down. Overall, you'll see that I have very good thoughts about the ship reveal. Um, in terms of size, the Disney Wish is going to be just slightly bigger than the Dream and Fantasy, with a length of 1,119 feet and a width of 135 feet. The ship weighs 144,000 gross tons, and it's going to include 1,254 staterooms that can hold a maximum of 4,000 passengers. In a commitment to reducing the cruise line's carbon footprint, the ship will run on liquefied natural gas, one of the cleanest burning fossil fuels. And like all Disney cruise ships before it, the Wish is being constructed at the Meyerwerft shipyard in Poppenburg, Germany. All of the major sections of the ship are currently being slotted into place, and the keel-laying ceremony occurred on April 8th when a ceremonial coin was placed underneath the first section of the ship. So now, I know we all like spending a bunch of time on the upper deck, enjoying those views of the ocean, kind of hanging out, relaxing. So one of the hallmark announcements made during this video was the reveal of the Aquamouse, Disney's first ever attraction at sea. Very much like the Aqueduct, and at almost the exact same size, at 760 feet, this water attraction is going to take place above the upper deck and will provide riders with incredible views of the Wish and of the ocean as they ride. However, Disney is taking this water ride to the next level by introducing show scenes, lighting, special effects, speed blasters, and a loop over the ocean. Riding the Aqua Mouse will take you into the world of the Mickey Mouse shorts, much like Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. The story on this attraction is called Scuba Scramble, and the idea is that Mickey and Minnie have started their own scuba company, and you're one of their first guests on an excursion to Mermaid Lagoon. Their company is called Port Misadventures, so you can prepare for a few unexpected surprises along the way. What did you guys think about this Aqua Mouse idea? I am all for, it's just like taking the aqueduct to the next level, basically. That's what I thought, even though I thought that calling the aqueduct something other than an attraction at sea is like a little bit of a disservice to how cool the aqueduct is, because it's, it's way more than a water slide. It's at least a water coaster. And to me, that kind of, it always felt like an attraction, but this is definitely a step up. Yeah, I think if you look at, um, I think of Royal Caribbean, I think that actually has some like roller coasters on their ships. Of all the cruise lines to do that, Disney feels like the one because they specialize in theme parks. Uh, so I'm sure like this is a, well, I feel like this is a needed step up for the Disney cruise line. And I think it's going to be awesome. But yeah, I do agree that the aqueduct is probably also an attraction in my opinion i thought they considered it an attraction because it has the speed blasters right it's not just you in the tube like you're propelled along yeah. but i think it's only at the first launch if okay. i remember correctly no, well because it definitely slows down like towards the middle like once you go over the ocean it becomes more like a lazy river type feel yeah. water slide yeah. um so I, I don't, don't think that there are speed blasters in the middle anywhere. Okay. Anyway, uh, Aquamouse, super cool. Of course, you know, the upper deck is still going to include plenty of small pools, casual dining options, and then space for relaxing in the sun. We'll talk more about this later, but adults are going to have their own dedicated space. And then a really fun option for small children is going to be the Toy Story splash zone a splash pad that gives the little kids plenty of space to swim and slide with those classic pixar characters and i thought that was really cool we didn't get too many details about it it was just the very initial concept art stage 
but I think that'll turn into a cool space. To me, without question, one of the most impressive parts about The Wish was that section where they were describing the Oceaneer Club, which is going to provide seemingly endless entertainment options for the kids and the tweens. We didn't actually get details about the teen section, um, but I'm sure they'll have one. This was They just described the uh, section for kids ages 5 to 12. Um, when I watched this portion of the video, I just wanted to reverse time and go back about 15 years. Like experiencing this in the prime of your childhood would be epic. <laughs> um, and I love that the fun begins right in the Grand Hall. So literally in the atrium, there's a secret passageway slide that will take kids from the Grand Hall into the Kids Club. So cool. And if you'd prefer the door entrance, there will be one as well. The Marvel Superhero Academy is returning and it will be located on the Disney Wish. Here kids can enter the Avengers headquarters and train alongside their favorite superheroes. Spider-Man, Ant-Man, the Wasp, and Black Panther will all make appearances at the Academy. And kids can even choose their own hero suit and put it to the test, which would be really fun. You'll see it kind of virtually projected on yourself, kind of like a virtual mirror type of thing. Um, for all the kids that are into art and the fairy tale princesses type of thing, Fairy Tale Hall will be the place for them. Inside this location, they can enjoy Rapunzel's art studio, Belle's library, and Anna and Elsa's summer house. Then I think a very, very cool inclusion to the Oceaneer Club is the brand new Walt Disney Imagineering Lab. This is an interactive space that gives kids the chance to see what it's like to bring the magic to life. And they'll even be able to design their own roller coaster and virtually ride it. I love that. And it reminds me of the sum of all thrills attraction that we did one yes, time at I Epcot. I was just thinking that. Probably the exact same type of deal. It used to be in the Innoventions building in Epcot. And I was probably 20 years old when we did that, and I had a blast. It's just a really cool concept to put your track together and then to ride it virtually. And I think kids are going to really enjoy that. Um, all right. Heading into entertainment, there will be plenty to see and experience. Emma is covering that topic for us. All right. So starting with entertainment for everyone, uh, we have um, an amazing theater, the Walt Disney Theater. And the design is inspired by a magical forest. It's It looks really cool. Um, I love the look of it. It's so elegant. It really fits with everything. It's just a beautiful space. Yeah, definitely. So the shows there are, well, the main show is Aladdin. And that's like the Broadway-style Aladdin just reimagined for the ship. And then there will be two original shows, but they are currently being developed and we have no information on them at all. But um, yes, very exciting. Then we have the Grand Hall stage. This is located at the heart of the ship in the atrium and there will be fun theatrical surprises throughout the day. That's all the information they gave. That's a cool concept because in other cruise lines that I've experience they do have atrium entertainment that goes beyond just like when disney would bring out like a character meet and greet like they have musicians playing in there so i think they're kind of some fun ideas that they could implement in that space yeah. um then there's luna and the only description of that is quote the entertainment will evolve from day to night vague so yeah i don't even yeah i don't know don't know what to expect, but I'm into that. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Hero Zone, which is a little more descriptive, but here's, the, here's what they said. Quote, futuristic arena where imagination will meet active play. I think it's really smart that they're capitalizing on Marvel oh, in the sure. ship. Like the Marvel days at sea are like so popular. And for... I mean, a lot of people love Marvel, but especially like older boys, even younger boys, like adult boys. Like I feel like, like when we went on our cruise, Ben was he loved it, but it was also like very princess heavy and like mm -hmm. magic, very classic Disney heavy. And I think this is a good way to like 
bring in some of the adults that are mm-hmm. also invested in the Marvel universe and give them something to do. I think it's smart that they're capitalizing on on that. Yeah, I feel like the everything on the ship is very well rounded. Like there are the classic like Disney princess parts of it but there are a lot of marvel parts and there are a lot of star wars parts so that definitely brings in a bigger group of people so yeah going along with star wars moving into the adult spaces first up is the hyperspace lounge which is really really cool um it's a luxury spaceship with otherworldly concoctions and and where you can enjoy galaxy-wide panoramic views of your favorite Star Wars planets, and you can also see over 40 starships from Star Wars. This is a fun idea, I think, and it's pretty much the exact same thing that they have on the other cruise ships. I don't remember the name of the lounge, but you get to see different skylines when you're in there, and they change. Oh, yeah. 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 So, same type of deal, but sounds cool. So the next three adult spaces are actually all inspired by Beauty and the Beast. Um, The first one is the Rose, and it's the perfect setting for a before or after dinner cocktail. Um, That's pretty much, it looks really elegant. That's pretty much like the only description, though. Um, Next is Paolo Steakhouse. And this is the reimagined Paulo Steakhouse with decor inspired by Cogsworth. Um, and it combines the sophistication of authentic Italian dining with the refinement of a modern steakhouse. I think it's really cool that the decor is based off of Cogsworth. I think that's something you wouldn't really think of. And it looks cool. Um, and then the last Beauty and the Beast inspired dining area is um the most elegant dining experience and it's inspired by lumiere next well we should point out also that at the helm is like a three-star michelin chef so you can bet that this is going to be an expensive place and probably a pretty incredible meal yeah yeah the menu is handcrafted by that chef and yeah very very cool And then, of course, the Quiet Cove, which is the adult-exclusive retreat on the upper deck with an infinity pool and the classic Senses Spa, um, where you have rejuvenating treatment and the ultimate relaxation. Gotta have Senses Spa. Yes, of course. (laughs) So, again, this Art Deco idea is kind of gone like the exterior sure it's still that classic but the interior is a different type of elegance like how could we describe it it's almost like a a modernized victorian elegance like to me it's almost like what grand floridian should shoot for when they finally renovate that place um yeah in that it certainly extends and is magnified by the rooms so kylie is going to now describe some of the state rooms for us So as Austin said earlier, the Disney Wish is going to have 1,254 staterooms. Of these, 877 will have verandas and 451 will have connecting doors for larger families. Uh, Most rooms feature the split bathroom concept that the other ships have where there's a toilet on one side, shower on the other to maximize the space for families. And um, the style of the wish is unique in that all of the rooms are inspired by different fairy tales. Um, So all of the rooms will have this gold-leafed headboard mural that's based on different movies, different fairy tale uh, princess movies. And the art will be exclusive to the Disney wish. Um, And as we said before, these rooms just feel luxurious and very enchanting. My favorite part of the rooms, well, I think the bathrooms are gorgeous, but beyond that, it's the mural artwork. It's just gorgeous. It's so pretty. It reminds me, obviously, it's not like tile like at the tunnel at the Riviera. Yeah, a little different than the mosaic because it, it's kind of the same art style, yeah. just not a mosaic. Not the same, yeah. So all of these staterooms have enhanced storage options, including large closets and elevated beds, which is really helpful when you are on a cruise because the rooms are small. 
The pull-down beds on this ship will reveal artwork of a fairy godmother constellation. The rooms will have 43-inch TVs, USB and USB-C ports, a vanity, a mini drawer fridge, a full-length mirror, mini safe, hair dryer, privacy divider, queen and pull-out sofa beds, and plush robes. In addition to the typical staterooms, the Wish will feature a tower suite that is located in the forward funnel of the ship and inspired by Moana. Yeah, can we just like cover that again it's literally in the funnel of the ship like that extends above the upper deck that looks like a smokestack that's what we're talking about it's inside of it they compared it to staying in the suite in the cinderella castle that's how like amazing and luxurious that experience would be and i think this suite on the wish looks even nicer than the cinderella castle suite it looks uh, undescribable almost you have to just look at this art it has two master bedrooms a children's room with built-in bunk beds and a library that can be converted into another bedroom Um, there are four bathrooms total one connecting to each bedroom and then an additional guest bathroom Um, and it has a spiral staircase uh and then in the main living area the design is just absolutely breathtaking it's like light and bright and gorgeous and and huge i can't believe this is on a cruise ship and it says moana inspired which isn't a bad thing but it's very subtle it is like elegance opulence and only slight hints of moana there's in the bathroom the blue it looks like sea glass panel that it just looks like the ocean and i thought that was the most beautiful touch yeah ever uh but this is hands down for me the most beautiful room design i have seen from disney across the board any any resort anywhere this is my favorite room uh the room features a private elevator a personal concierge team and then daily treats and curated services (laughs) your team of concierge that's wild talk about bougie (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I literally. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, so this was also cool, and I just wanted to read this, basically just word for word about uh, an art piece in this room. So the piece de resistance, 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 yeah. resistance, um, will be a handcrafted porcelain sculpture that comes alive in an only Disney can do way. When guests arrive home to the Wish Tower suite, they may discover the statue pulsing in myriad hues of green amid soft chimes that recall the film's distinctive soundtrack, revealing itself as the heart of Tafiti. The special lighting and audio effects will eventually fill the room to provide a truly magical one-of-a-kind greeting. Bruh. How cool. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, give me a break. Really? Get out of here. It's amazing. Um, and in addition to the Wish Tower suites, the ship will also feature four royal suites inspired by Sleeping Beauty, my favorite Disney princess, so I'm excited about that. Uh, there will be the Princess Aurora suites and the Briar Rose suites, um, and each of these will have a single-floor configuration and a two-floor configuration. The royal suites will have a living room, an open dining space, a pantry that is pre-stocked, and a private hot tub on the veranda. They have two master bedrooms, a pull-out couch in the living room, and a third bathroom. The layouts that are two stories feature a spiral staircase, and the rooms will also have stained glass decor and some floor-to-ceiling windows in the living space. Um, Something else that's cool about the Wish is that the concierge level has been expanded significantly to include 76 staterooms and suites, and this is more than double the number of concierge rooms on the other ships. Most of these rooms are tangled themed and can accommodate five guests with king beds, two bathrooms, a living space, and walk-in closets. And then seven of these rooms are above the bridge and will be Little Mermaid themed. So that's another cool stateroom location just on the very front of the ship. How awesome is that? And that's a pretty bold expansion. And some people might be like, well, these cruises are expensive enough. And concierge, like, are people, are that many people paying, like, 15 grand to go on this cruise? But let me tell you, they are. (laughs) (laughs) For all of the Wish cruises that are out right now, concierge is completely booked up. They are always the stateroom categories that go first. So Disney Cruise Line has just this 
incredible amount of really, really super wealthy people who routinely go on these cruises. So if you're surprised about that, that's just how it is. Like people are paying these types of exorbitant prices and they're doing it a lot. Uh, Moving into dining venues, the first dining venue that was announced is Arendelle. And this is a theatrical dining experience that will feature all of the main characters entertaining the guests while they eat. Um, and the food will have Nordic influences. You may think that this sounds like your typical character dining experience, but it sounds more like a dinner and a show type of thing. Oh, yeah. This is dinner theater. Yeah. Next one is 1923. This is named after the year Walt Disney Studios was founded, and it's inspired by Old Hollywood and will feature the elegance of Old Hollywood mixed with a California-inspired menu. I'm probably the only person in the world here who is the most excited about 1923 out of these three dining options, but I don't care. I loved this design, and I'm really into that. Next up is Worlds of Marvel, which they were very vague about what this will entail, but guests will be transported to an Avengers technology showcase. And here the guests will um, be in an interactive experience that will have action-packed adventure. (laughs) They described it as a cinematic dining experience. So that's all the details we have on that, but that'll be very new and fresh and definitely different. I'm all for watching something while I'm eating. I don't really want to experience anything intense while I'm eating. But I will say the part about this that intrigues me is that it's worlds of Marvel. And I would love it if they could incorporate a really vast selection of different types of foods that you might not normally eat if you're just like hanging out in the U.S. Like really exploring world cuisine could be a super fun part about this this restaurant. So heading into some itineraries and pricing, I know that's kind of the bottom line here. The maiden voyage of the Disney Wish is taking place in May 2022. It's departing from Port Canaveral and sailing to Nassau in Castaway Key over five nights. Prices for rooms on the maiden voyage for those five nights started at about 5500 and they sold out really quickly. So booking opened up for Platinum Castaway Club members on May 17th. And then for the general public on May 27th. And then for the other itineraries beyond the maiden voyage, the wish is doing exactly what we predicted it to do. The shortest Bahamian cruises. So they're doing three and four night Bahamian cruises. Um, The point of doing that is so that a lot of people can experience the ship because there will be a lot of demand. And also because in terms of per night pricing, those shorter cruises can get away with charging more per night than the longer ones. If you're looking to sail during peak summertime, which is June and July, the staterooms are going to be pretty expensive. So for four nights, you're looking at inside staterooms going from 4000 to 4500 um, for two adults, and then for veranda rooms going for 4800 to 5500 If you compare that with four-night sailings on the Disney Dream around the same time, the Disney Dream rooms are about $1,000 cheaper. For three-night sailings, inside staterooms on the Wish go for about $2,500 to $3,000 for two adults during peak time, and veranda staterooms for about $3,000 to $3,500. There is still some availability for inside ocean view and veranda staterooms throughout the summer. But like I said before, concierge, any of the suites, completely booked up. Here's the good news, though. Pricing on the Wish, I would consider it very good right now when we start moving out of the peak season. So if you're willing to kind of delay that vacation and you want to sail in August or September instead of June or July... You can sail the same itineraries and save anywhere from 500 to literally $2,000. So we're talking like prices cut in half. Um, for four nights on the Wish in early September, you can get that inside stateroom for 2600 compared to 4500 just like a month before or two months before. So keeping Disney prices in mind, four-night cruise, brand new ship, 2600 that's that's pretty good um i love the fact that disney cruise line just to kind of wrap up the conversation 
I love it that they are diversifying the interior look of their ships. Because here's what happened when the Dream and Fantasy were released. You go through those ships and you kind of feel like, uh, I don't really need to sail on the Magic or Wonder. It seems like the Dream and Fantasy, it's the same type of design, but they it's just bigger and they have more to do. But with this, I watched it and my first thought was, wow, the Wish looks amazing. This new class of ships is going to have a really diverse look, but I still want to sail on the other class of ships too because you get to experience different things. And I think that's just really smart in the long term. But final thoughts from you? That's a really good point. I didn't even think about that, but I, uh, I'm i really interested to see with the next ships in this class if they're all going to, if they're going to be like sister ships of one another like they have been in the past or if we're going to get three unique boats uh i kind of boats they're ships they're they're not boats um but i definitely am very excited to sail on the wish and i think it will be just absolutely gorgeous yeah i second everything you guys just said i yeah i i would really love to be able to go on the wish it doesn't change my opinions about like the dream which is the other cruise ship i've been on um, but I'm very, very excited about this. So I feel like they're going to be similar because there's just so much you can do if you're leaning towards more of the fairy tale route. Like one interesting thing for the other ships might be to highlight a different princess or movie for those dining locations. Like instead of the Rose, Enchante, and Paolo Steakhouse the decor kind of changes to feature like a different movie. Mm -hmm. But I feel like there's just a lot more that they can do with this idea. So I kind of feel like they are going to be similar, but it'll be fun to, to see. And it'll actually be fun to see if even if these ships are going to exist. Yeah, that too. (laughs) I was going to say too, they could switch up which, uh, like the tower suites, if they do that for all of them, Yes. which movie it's inspired by. Yeah. And switch up what the, show is and like yeah they'll do that for everything will have a different princess theme but certainly i think a smart design choice for disney cruise line again bookings are open if you're interested in a cruise of course i'm going to plug my travel agency daydreamtravelagency.com let's get you hooked up in sailing and i think that's going to do it for this episode of the disney daydream podcast I hope you enjoyed it and that you'll join us for the next one. Remember, be kind to one another and take the time to find a magical moment in each and every day. Bye.